be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. You are Jaira. You are enough. Jaira. You are enough. And I will be content in every circumstance. You are Jaira. storm but I won't go down I hear your voice carried in the rhythm of the wind to calm me out you would cross an ocean so I wouldn't drown you've never been closer than you are right now you are Jaira you are enough I know who I am I know what you've spoken I'm already loved More than I could imagine And that is enough You are Jaira You are enough
Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Remnant. My name is Pastor Todd Coconado. So thankful that you tuned in today. Uh, I think we got a good service in store today. This is going to be uh, something that's helpful to the singles out there, but not just singles, everybody, because as I've said, we'll get around to you at some point uh, at this ministry. We will talk about every subject with relation to what's in the Word of God, but today I want to talk about uh, what we need to look for when we're getting into relationship. Now, those of you that are married are like, well, I'm going to tune out right now. Don't do that because it's not just a marriage I'm talking about here. I'm talking about, we, we've been talking about being equally yoked and that's also in friendships. It's also in uh, business partnerships. It's in pretty much everything that we do because if we align with non-believers in these areas, there's going to be an open door. It doesn't mean we can't associate ourselves at times with those that are not in Christ. Obviously, we're meant to go out and to cast out and to drive out. We're meant to go and make disciples. Well, we can't make disciples if we're not interacting with the world. So obviously, we have to interact with the world. But there's a way that we do it where we keep the holiness and consecration that we walk in. We don't cave or capitulate or conform to the things of the world. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I think it's going to be powerful. Let's go ahead and pray and welcome in the presence of God, Lord. We just thank you so much for this service today. We are excited, Lord. We're only one week away from the opening of the Remnant Revival Center here in Nashville, and uh, it is busy. So many people are working on it right now, Lord God. We're so thankful to those that have sowed a seed into this building, and Lord God, I just pray that you'd bring in all the resources we need. We're still a little bit short here, uh, but Lord, I know you're going to fulfill all the needs, but Lord, right now, as we get into your word, I just pray you'd speak to our hearts. I pray that you'd ministered us in a way that, Lord, we understand it. We get it, what you want to speak today. We understand the words that are spoken, that you would use me as a vessel this morning. You'd sanctify me, Lord. I'd be full of your spirit this morning, Lord. We just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, when I say full of the spirit, obviously when we're saved, we are full of the spirit. But what I'm saying is I want to be under the anointing. I want to be under the anointing when I'm preaching because it's a little bit different when you're just teaching and you're not under the anointing and you can be teaching and be under the anointing, but when you are anointed of God, it's not you. It's, you're not trying to make anything happen. It is literally the spirit of God speaking in and through you. And that's my desire as a shepherd, as a pastor, is that the Holy Spirit would use me, that I would be in his perfect will, that I would be uh, exuding the love of Christ, the fruit of the spirit, and I would do it in such a way that pleases him and also brings his message to this community. You know, there is so much crazy stuff going on online. You know, I don't know if you guys see what I see. I'm, I'm pretty sure you do. But the vitriol and the um, just the, the mean-spirited comments that so many people, and I, sometimes they're Christians and sometimes they're even ministry leaders. I just see uh, people just going way out and uh, getting, you know, kind of off the rails sometimes. And you know, that's why we talked about this last week in the podcast, the fruit of the spirit. But I know many of you are hurt by some of these things. In fact, as a pastor, I talk to so many people who are what we call church hurt. You, you've either seen a pastor fall and that really affected you or, uh, you know, some type of relationship that you had in the church that really, really hurt you and has, has left an impact. And that's why I've been talking so much about relationships, you know, online is because these are the types of emails that I get. And I realize that many people that are in this community have been hurt. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm sure over the years, I've probably hurt people too. I know I have actually, um, you know, the best thing I can do in that scenario is, is try to course correct and repent 
Um, but, you know, I think we all have to really look at the way that we respond uh, because our response is being watched, not just by the person we're responding to, but by so many people all over the world that watch online. You know, when you're when you're posting something online, you know, just picture like if you have, let's say, 3000 friends on Facebook or something, you know, picture a room of 3000 people. That's a, a large room uh, with a lot of people in it. And that's that's literally what's happening on social media. Sometimes we forget how many people are watching us as believers. And so uh, I'm, I'm talking about a godly husband because I know there are many singles that watch this. And, and if you're a man, you're like, well, I don't need a husband. This will apply to the woman as well. It's a little bit different, but I want to cover this because I think that even if we're not a single woman, obviously, it's going to help us all. Uh, you know, a lot of us are mentoring people. We're making disciples. And there are a lot of people that are looking for a spouse right now. And I'm going to tell you, this is near and dear to my heart because I prayed for many, many years for my, my wife, Michelle. Uh, you know, it, it didn't just happen overnight. Now, I'm not saying I had a hard time dating. There was, you know, people around that wanted to date, women around that wanted to date. But it was, it was finding the right person, somebody that I was attracted to, somebody that I was, um, you know, partnered with. And, and there, was, there, was, there was some connection there in the spirit. Uh, you know, there was a, there was a fellowship, um, someone that worked well with me. Um, you know, there were so many attributes that when the Lord finally brought that woman of God, my wife, Michelle, it, she compliments me and I'm not saying it's perfect. Okay. We, everybody has their differences. You know, by the way, she's a very different person than myself. You know, we're different. We have a lot of different interests. We have different things that, you know, we, we enjoy in our life, but we've, we've learned to find common ground. But, but God brought a, a balance to me and Michelle. He brought somebody that compliments me and is the right person for me. And that's because it was, it was in prayer, much prayer. I mean, my family was praying and, and I waited on the Lord and it was painful and I was lonely sometimes, um, you know, and, and again, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not here to tell you like it's perfect in marriage because you're, you're going to have challenges, but the, 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 the fruit of it is how you respond to the challenges. And this is, this is in every relationship in our life. Um, you know, the Bible's full of verses that describe what a Christian man should be look like, look like. So if you're looking for a Christian man, if you are a Christian man, this is what the Bible says we should look like, okay? Um, a Christian boyfriend should be humble and teachable. A Christian man should be humble and teachable. The Bible tells us that a righteous man is a wise man and will take instruction gladly. This is important. Teachability. Teachability. Everybody on here should be teachable. We as believers in Christ should be teachable. We've got to be teachable. Um, you know, take instruction gladly, even when it hurts. There was this guy, he's went to be with the Lord now, but many years ago, he was helping me when I was coming out of the world. And his name was Pastor Alex. And uh, this was a guy that would go and meet me for coffee. He would disciple me. Thank God for him. I might not be here today if it wasn't for his discipleship and mentorship. The fact that he took interest in me and he wasn't like on social media, like, hey, look, I'm mentoring somebody. He was just doing it for the Lord and because he cared about me. And he knew that he was pouring into my life and my future ministry. And I remember we'd go to this Mexican restaurant on Van Nuys Boulevard in, in Los Angeles. And, you know, there was a couple of times 
when, you know, he threw his keys down. I remember this very distinctively. Threw his keys down. And he said, dude, I know what you did. He was talking about how I had went out with a girl that I shouldn't have gone out with after I had received Christ. He had already instructed me that that woman's not for you. She's not in Christ. And I was what you call missionary dating at the time. Very, very new believer. Uh, you know, thought that at that time I was ready to get married. Little did I know it would take many, many years for the Lord to peel off layers and heal me in certain areas and get rid of generational curses in my life. I'm just going to be real transparent and real with you because you need to hear this. Okay. And this guy, Alex, threw his keys down and said, bro, he said, you know, you're doing something wrong. And you know what? I knew I was doing something wrong. Now, here's where I have to say I was teachable. I didn't, I didn't, you know, buck the system. I didn't say, you know, you're wrong, man. You know, I might've been a little bit upset by what he said, but I knew he was right. And I listened to his instruction. I listened to his mentorship. Now I'm going to read from my notes here, but I'm going to, I'm going to give some commentary as we go along. Okay. Um, you know, take the instructions gladly, even when it hurts. Uh, here's some scriptures. If you're taking notes, Psalm 14, I'm sorry, Psalm 141, verse five, Psalm 141, verse five. Proverbs 9, 9, Proverbs 9, 9, and Proverbs 12, 15. A righteous man evidences a willingness to be corrected by scripture and a tendency to love and listen to those who teach him from the scripture. That's a mic drop. This is a telltale sign. If you are a man of God and you are not teachable, you need to become teachable. It might, it might take some uh, getting rid of that pride, brother. It, it might take some laying down uh, some things that you don't want to lay down, but you, we've got to take correction as a believer, okay? Uh, if you're looking for a man, if you're a single woman of God out there, and I know there are many that watch this broadcast, um, you know, the man needs to be a teachable guy. He's got to be submitted. This is a big, you know, if you want to have a checklist, this is a big one. Submitted, open for discipleship, uh, is who's his mentor? Who's he being mentored by? You know, at any given moment with a Christian, you know, you should be able to say, who's the major influence in your life? Who do you listen to? Do you have a mentor? Do you have an elder? Are you submitted to accountability? I'm going to tell you, there are going to be some people that say, well, not right now because they can't find somebody, but that should only be a temporary season. Uh, there are plenty of men of God out there and the Lord will lead you to them. And even in this ministry, we can help you if you don't have anybody and you need somebody, uh, find somebody that you can be accountable to. These are elders, they're mentors. Uh, if you're having an, uh, an issue with pornography, if you're having an issue with drinking, if you're having an issue with smoking weed or smoking cigarettes or certain things that you're trying to get rid of in your life, this is where accountability comes in. Because uh, oftentimes you're in a, in a state where you may be feeling as if you're weak and, you know, instead of picking up that, that marijuana and smoking it, when you have the urge, you say, in the name of Jesus, I, I rebuke this demonic attack on me, because that's what it is, and say, I, Lord, give me the strength. Lord, give me the strength right now to resist this temptation. He will never give you a temptation that's stronger than the Spirit of God that's in you. Of course not, you know. Uh, you just got to call upon the name of the Lord. Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, but here's the other thing. When you have an urge, and this is what I did, especially in my earlier years, but even today, okay, when you have an urge to sin, pick up the phone or send a text message to that intercessor, that mentor, that accountability in your life and say, brother, I need prayer. Uh, reach out. I need prayer. I'm, I'm being tempted right now. I'm under attack. 
This is what the Lord wants us to do is to have this system of checks and balances in our life, okay? This is why it's so important. Somebody's humble, they're teachable, they have accountability, okay? Uh, and I gave you the scriptures for that. Uh, you know, a righteous man evidences a willingness to be corrected by scripture and a tendency uh, to love and listen to those who teach him from the scripture. Okay, honest. You want somebody who's honest. If you're going into business partnership, you want somebody who's honest. You're going in a relationship, you want somebody who's honest. If you are a believer, you need to be honest. Are you finding yourself, you know, little white lies here and there? Those little white lies aren't so little, are they? They, they create a false reality. Uh, every time you have even a little white lie, then you got to have another lie to back that lie, and you get yourself in a web of lies. Uh, it takes away from your credibility as a Christian. It takes away from your credibility as a person of God. You know, once somebody catches you in one lie, they're like, I can't trust that person, you know? And, and you know, you, you can repent to God, but a lot of times that'll be your last chance with that person. And by the way, they'll tell other people, oh, that person's a liar. Then you'll get labeled a liar. So Satan's already looking to accuse us. We don't need to give him any red meat, do we? Uh, does the person's actions agree with his words? The Bible says, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. This is a big one. Is the person a person of their word? Okay, like I know we all miss this sometimes, okay? And don't beat yourself up if you do. But I have to tell you, there's something about my family's an Italian family and my dad and my mom, actually, if you tell them I'm gonna be there at six o'clock, they're there at 5.50, okay? They're always early. They're always on time. They give themselves enough time to get there. They, they plan. There's a lot of people that are like, you know, always last minute and they're always late. You know people like that? Some people are really bad at it, like a half an hour, an hour late or two hours late. Uh, that goes against your credibility. It, it, you know, maybe one time you got caught in traffic or something happened, that's different. But I'm talking about if this is a pattern in your life, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be a person of your word. You know, that's part of your overall character. And you want somebody that's honest. Of course, that's just one example of so many, uh, so many examples. There's so many different things that, you know, people uh, do, uh, you know, that make their credibility just go gone. You know, like uh, you, you'll tell us one person one thing and another person another thing, and you forget who you told what, and then you're just all messed up, you know? Or it's like, you literally said, I'll never do that again. And everybody's like, praise God. And then all of a sudden, there you are doing it again. You know, and so th this is a bad one. I mean, it really messes your character up and your and your credibility. And so you want somebody who's honest. The Bible says that a righteous man is characterized by honesty in his personal and business dealings. If you want a scripture, it's Ephesians 4, 28. Ephesians 4, 28. In addition, when you make a promise, a Christian keeps their promise, even when it hurts. Okay, let your SBS, let your no be no. Uh, Psalm 15, two through five is a good scripture for that. Psalm 15, two through five, if you take notes. In short, character should be one of integrity. I mean, again, this is a no brainer. Christians should be integrous people. I mean, if we don't have integrity, then what the heck? I mean, what are we even doing here? You know, we, we are the salt and the light. We're supposed to be, you know, the bright light that the world sees and says, I want that. I want to follow Jesus. Look at that person. They have joy, they have peace, and they're a person of integrity. If somebody says they're a Christian right off the bat, they should be integrous. If they're not, then they're not really doing what they're supposed to do as a Christian. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there, I hate to say it, that are in this predicament. 
they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They should be, but they're not. Okay. Um, so, you know, listen, um, in short, his character should be one of integrity. Your character should be one of integrity. It's not just the man. It's everybody. Uh, selfless. Ooh, selfless. Okay. The Bible speaks specifically to husbands when it tells them to love their wives as they love their own bodies, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, here is a big one because I hear a lot of men in the church saying, submit, you got to submit to me. Yes, there is a submission factor that's that's mentioned in the scripture. But I always say with the man, the task that the man is given is even harder than submission. We're called to love like Christ loves the church. Hello. How does Christ love the church with that agape love, that 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 unconditional love, uh, you know, the love without strings, the love that is is, is just long suffering and merciful and gentle and kind and exudes the fruit of the spirit. And, you know, it's funny because men love to talk about the submission part, which is in the Bible, by the way, if you're a godly man who's leading your household in, in a godly manner, it doesn't mean that you lord over the woman. It doesn't mean that you think you're like better because you're not. It doesn't mean that, you know, we have to honor the woman. We have to honor the woman of God. And we're, you know, the, what the Lord is saying in that order, that, that order that's, that's mentioned in that scripture is that the man should be a man of God, a man of integrity, honest, integrous, exuding the fruit of the spirit. If you're doing all those things, loving your wife as Christ loved the church, you're going to get the respect of your wife and she's going to want to bless you and you're going to want to bless her. So it's a synonymous thing. It's not like men lord over women and women just have to submit to everything, especially if they're not in Christ. Because if, if your husband is trying to get you to do something that's ungodly, you don't have to submit to that. Uh, you know, so there's, there's, this is an abused scripture. And I, I just want to mention this because uh, we had a post this week that got a lot of people commenting on it. And, you know, people said, well, you know, you have to restore a relationship with somebody if, if you're really doing God's work, you know, you can't cut them out of your life. That is not true. Okay, a Christian is called to love someone. Yes, we, we're called to even love our enemies. So we, we are meant to forgive. We're meant to love. We've got to find sometimes the strength to do that, especially when somebody has really hurt us, has done us wrong, has backstabbed us, something along those lines. Look, I got stabbed nine times. That was hard to forgive that dude, okay? Uh, people have done my family dirty over the years and, and you know, just scandalous, ridiculous things, backstabbed us. You know, but I have an open door policy. That's what I always tell people. And I'm always here to receive somebody's repentance. I'm always here to receive somebody's repentance. You know, I knew a brother that's a pastor a while back and his wife cheated on him with his best friend. Uh, I believe it happened right before they got married though. Uh, but nevertheless, I can't imagine forgiving somebody for that. Like that is so insane to me. I can't believe, but he actually did that. He forgave his wife as she repented and they ended up getting married and he also forgave his friend and they were still friends until he went to be with the Lord. Man, that takes guts. Uh, you know what? I'm not saying you have to do that. You can definitely walk away if somebody's cheated on you. Uh, the Bible even gives that option in marriage. Uh, you know, that's the one of the few areas where the Bible says you can walk out of marriages if somebody's committed adultery. Uh, so, you know, there are instances where it's okay to get a divorce. The church doesn't teach that. Uh, divorce is a horrible, painful thing that I hope that none of you have to go through, but I know many of you have, and you know how painful it is. There's life after divorce. 
Uh, you know, the church is in an old way of thinking still where they like to shun people that have been divorced. The Bible is very clear. There's instances where you can get divorced. Do I advocate for divorce? No, I want to try everything I can to get a marriage to be healed because I stand for marriage. And I, I believe it's very important to fight for your marriage. I fought for my marriage over the years. Uh, you know, you have good seasons, you have tough seasons, you got to fight for it. Okay, you don't give up. The world wants you to give up. But there are instances, for instance, if you're getting beat by somebody, um, yeah, you could separate yourself from that situation. You don't have to be a punching bag. Christians don't have to be a doormat. See, some people get it messed up. They think we're supposed to be weak in a doormat. No, that's not what being in Christ is. Okay, we're not doormats. We're not, we're not sitting here letting somebody abuse us physically. And, you know, even mental abuse, you got to take that to the Lord. Okay, you got to take that to the Lord. I think you could separate yourself from the situation and, you know, receive some godly counsel depending on the, the scenario. But, you know, again, I don't advocate for divorce. I don't, I'm not for divorce. And I think everything that we possibly can do to save a marriage, we should, because the world is watching. And I know some marriages that were completely on the rocks and in horrible state at one point, and yet the Lord moved because the couple was willing to get godly counsel and they were willing to go before the Lord. Even once one of the two partners, you know, just one was praying and interceding. And I've seen uh, major healings there where the Lord responded to the prayers and the person's heart was softened and something changed and they, they repented. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Fireproof, but you should check it out. It's a real good movie. Uh, my friend Kurt Cameron's in it. It's a real good movie, Fireproof. And that's, that's, that's what we should be doing as a Christian. We should be fighting for it. But I just want to be real with you and transparent because I know some of you were like, you know, what if it's my parents that are abusive? Look, the Bible says, honor your father and mother. And if you do that, it even says you're going to have a long life. You're going to have a longer life. There's a promise in that. We need to honor our parents. We need to honor elders. But if they're being abusive to you, you also, as an adult, don't need to take the abuse. You can separate yourself or you can tell them, hey, you know what? This is unacceptable behavior. I love you. I honor you. But the way that you're treating me is unacceptable. You have to have respect for yourself, friend. Okay, make sure you have respect for yourself. Uh, there were some mothers and fathers that were commenting on the post. And I think they were getting upset because they're like, well, now my kid's not going to contact me. Well, wait a minute. Are you being abusive? Are you being you know, verbally abusive or are you, are you toxic? Because if you're not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm only saying if it's a toxic situation and we have to have uh, respect for ourselves, you know? So anyways, okay. Hope that helps there. Uh, but that's important. And again, Christians don't need to be doormats and we do need to forgive. We do need to be loved, love somebody as you know, we have to forgive our enemies. The Bible says that love even your enemies, but you don't have to let them back in your life. There's nowhere in the scripture where it says, that you have to go back into business with them or go back into friendship with them or let them back in to your personal life. You don't need to do that. You can bless them and let them go. This is the ministry of goodbye, I say. Learn the ministry of goodbye. Listen, if you're in ministry, I'm gonna tell you right now, I just had somebody cussing me out this morning. I, almost every day, people get mad at me. They start manifesting in the demonic. Um, you know, at first it used to really offend me and hurt me. And I was like, what, what, what did I do? You know, now I just block, that's it. Because we don't need to be treated that way, okay? And, and people need to understand that we also deserve respect and we don't need to make ourselves doormats, okay? Doesn't mean we don't love, doesn't mean we don't forgive. Yes, you have to do those things. And when I got stabbed nine times, I had to forgive that dude. It was not easy, okay? So I understand that. And so if you have somebody that's done you dirty and it's really painful, you know, you gotta forgive them. Do it for yourself, not for them. Forgive them in Christ, bless them but you don't have to let them back in your life, even if they repent. Now, let me just give a little asterisk here. 
there are certain situations where somebody's done you wrong and they are truly repentant before the Lord. They, they've repented. They've been humbled. The Lord has allowed them to walk through certain things. And God will say, look, you need to let this person back in. You need to give them another chance. Okay, God gave me another chance. God gave you another chance, most likely. There are times when we need to do that. But that's how we need to, we need to inquire of the Holy Spirit. We need to use discernment. We need to use wisdom. We have to have an active prayer life. We have to hear from the Lord. We need to know what the Lord's saying. He'll give you the unction. He'll give you the understanding. People say, what is an unction? An unction is when the Spirit of God that's in you is speaking to your heart and you know, check, there's something wrong with that person or it's okay. This person is sincere and they've, they've truly changed. Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's somebody in your life that's truly changed and is truly repented. They messed up and they did something wrong, but they're looking for you to give them another chance. And sometimes the Lord says you need to. So hopefully I explained that well. If you have any questions, write me about it. Uh, but I saw a lot of people responding to that post this week. So I wanted to address it during service today. Okay. Um, selfless. The Bible uh, speaks about husbands when he tells them to love their wives as their own bodies. As I said, a Christian boyfriend, man of God, person should be, uh, and I'm not using pronouns. Uh, I refuse to do that, by the way. Uh, have you seen the meme that's online that says they and them? That's what the demons use. Exactly. Exactly. I call people by their, their birth, you know, uh, whatever they are, whatever they have Y chromosomes, they have X chromosomes, simple as day. God created man and woman. I'm not going to change the way I address somebody because they want me to address them differently. I'm just not going to cave to that. I'm not going to capitulate to that. Okay. At some point they may throw you in jail for this friends, but I'm, I'm not going to call somebody a, a girl. That's a boy. I'm not going to do it. And, uh, it's, it's a very, you know, these are where we can't bow, bow down to things like that. You know, um, should it should be the exhibit this kind caring, loving, you know, the way that he expresses himself to his girlfriend long before marriage. Love is easy in the romantic beginning stages, but a Christian boyfriend should be the kind man, uh, kind of man whose behavior and intentions will be loving in all kinds of circumstances. And if you need a scripture for that, it's 1 John, uh, 1 John 3.18. 1 John 3.18. Now, let me just say this. People put their best foot forward in the beginning of a relationship. Uh, you know, it's, if somebody's already manifesting, like the second you meet them, obviously big red flag, you know, you already know, okay, this person is not somebody I'm going to engage with, but there's a lot of people that put on a show, put on a front. And so I know when you meet somebody and you've been lonely and you're waiting on the Lord and all of a sudden it seems so great. And there's something in you that says, let's get married right away. Why do we need to wait? You need to wait because you got to wait till they go through a full cycle at least that long, because you got to see them in a season of good, but also of bad. Maybe they lose their job. Maybe somebody passes away that they know. Uh, they go through some type of difficult situation. You have to watch in the good and the bad how the person responds and reacts, because that's going to tell you a lot about how they're going to be. A little red flag in the dating stage becomes a big problem in the marriage stage. So, you know, you got to make sure if you're noticing something in that romantic period, where everything's supposed to be best foot forward and they're already having some issue. Don't just overlook that, you know, address that head on and find out more about that. And maybe they need to get healing or deliverance. Uh, but you don't want to, I'm telling you the little things in the dating period become big things later if they're not addressed. And you know what I'm talking about? Like, let me give an example. Uh, great guy. Love him. He's so awesome. But you know, he drinks beer like every day. 
okay, I'm just going to forget about that. No, you are a remnant person. Okay. You're not, it's not going to be easy for you to have someone in your home that you're living with that drinks themselves to sleep every day. That's an alcoholic. Uh, you say, well, it's only one beer a day. I don't care. One beer a day. Why are you letting that in your home? Why is God out of resources? Is God out of people? He's not out of people. Is he capable of sending you a like-minded person that you're going to flourish with? Absolutely. Don't allow any areas like that. Okay, here's another example. He's a great guy. He's awesome. But yeah, he does look at pornography. Do you want your husband looking at pornography? No, that's going to cause all kinds of problems. It's going to be open doors in your life. You know what I'm saying? So don't don't just like not look at those things because you're so in love or you know, you're so excited about potentially getting married. You got to understand these things are going to be far worse. And here's the thing about it. Married people, I know a lot of married people right now that want to be single. They're in a tough marriage and they say, man, I would much rather be single. I know a lot of single people that are so lonely, they, they want to be married so bad that they're willing to overlook these areas. Then they get married and these areas become challenges. You have to find someone of like mind, my friends. That's, that's what the equally yoke is about. And it's the same thing in business relationships. If you're getting into business with somebody, oh, they're a good Christian, they go to our church, but they smoke weed every day. Um, yeah, that's an open door. You know, equal yokage, equal yokage, like mind, okay? And it doesn't mean we can't talk to those people or minister to those people or, you know, maybe they're family members. That's fine. I'm just saying, like, you know, if you're going into a relationship with them, it's a little bit different, right? Because then you're opening that door with your finances, your business, your family, your household. Does that make sense? Okay. Trying to get through this here because we're running out of time, but it's important. Um, you know, uh, this thing, it's got to it's gotta be in all circumstances. First John 3, 18, if you took notes there. Able and willing to provide. Able and willing to provide. <laughs> Listen, I know a lot of go-getter women out there, and you're awesome. You're an A-type person. You provide already. Maybe you have a kid from a previous relationship or whatnot, and you've found, you've hustled. And the Lord has blessed you because you're a woman of God. And now you have, you know, a, a business or some finances. And here's this guy, good guy, nice guy, can't provide. Hello, that's how it's going to be in marriage. You've got to have somebody that's willing to work. And they have to have their own hustle. They have to have money too. Like, that's just the way the world works. Otherwise, they're going to be a huge weight for you. You're going to end up being mommy to them. You don't want to be mommy to them. You want to have a husband that's a leader not a weak sauce husband that needs you to drag him along the way because that's going to be a hindrance to you later on in your growth, in your ministry. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but I think that was a big one for somebody out there. Able and willing to provide. The Bible says that a man who doesn't provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. Yeah, it says that. 1 Timothy 5.8. Provision doesn't necessarily mean bring in a lot of money. The issue is whether he takes responsibility for the welfare of his wife and children. It's important for women to grasp the seriousness of this verse. A man who doesn't want to provide is very hard for a woman to respect. If a wife struggles to respect her husband, marital tr troubles will go beyond the material. A woman's respect for her husband and a man's love for his wife are independent and life-giving to a marriage. Boom. That's a mic drop. Ephesians 5, 25 through 32. Ephesians 5, 25 through 32. You need to send today's message to somebody. I just felt that. You're, you're sitting here and you're saying, this would be good for this person. Send it to them. I don't talk about this a lot, but this is like huge nuggets for people. This will stop you from having trauma, drama, and a bad marriage. Very important.
Okay, another one. Willing to protect both physically and emotionally. Women tend to be weaker and more easily hurt than men. Not in all cases, but in, in a lot. Uh, they need to be understood and protected and cared for in a proactive way. A good Christian boyfriend or man of God. And this is, by the way, if you're married too, this, this applies to you. Change it if you're not like this. Um, you know, is somebody who will look out for and care for his girlfriend and his kids and his wife and carry this passion for protecting her into the marriage. So again, it's for a girlfriend, it's for spouse. If you're married, it's for your family. You got to protect them. Do what's right. Don't open the door, okay, in your home, spiritually, for your house to get attacked, for your daughter to get attacked, your son to get attacked, your spouse to get attacked. Very important. Uh, also, here are some negative things to watch out for. Materialism, it's all about money. Uh, 1 John 2, uh, 15 through 16, or 1 Timothy 6, 10. 1 John 2, 15 through 16, or 1 Timothy 10. Lying, we talked about that. Sexual unfaithfulness. Uh, Ecclesiastes uh, 7.26 and Proverbs 7, and poor treatment of family members, especially his mother. Okay, if you're dating a guy and he treats his mother bad, he's probably going to treat you bad at some point. That's a big red flag. Watch out for that, okay? Uh, and other family members as well, and everybody. I mean, if you see this person, they're just vicious to other people. Well, listen, they might be nice to you for a season, but eventually you're going to get on their nerves and they're going to be vicious to you. So you want somebody who's kind, who's exuding the fruit of the spirit. If you don't know the fruit of the spirit, I just did a podcast on it this last week. Tune in on the podcast. Uh, you can go to pastortodd.org and just click the podcast button and it's right there. The fruit of the spirit. Learn the fruit of the spirit. It's important. This is a, like a Christianity 101. Okay. Um, you know, sexual unfaithfulness, poor treatment of family members, especially his mother. Usually a man's treatment of his mother is a good indication of how he will treat his wife. Also, watch out for irrationally, uh, for for uh, irrationally and controlling or jealous tendencies, as often these lead to violence. I can't tell you how many women reach out to the ministry and say, "I am physically abused," and Pastor, I I just don't know what to do. Well, get out of the situation. Go stay with a friend, a family member. Separate yourself. You are not meant to be physically abused. Have respect for yourself. Listen, you say, I've been waiting for permission because people have been telling me I got to work on my marriage. If you're being physically abused, get the heck out of there and put yourself in a safe place. You could still stay in the marriage and try to work on it, but don't let yourself get beat up. Come on. Why are you doing that? Hey, look, your pastor told you. Here you go. You can separate yourself. Don't stay in a physically abusive situation or get him out of there. You know, there's ways that you could do it legally. I mean, there is no excuse for a man that's hitting you, okay? And I'm not saying that, like, in his past, like, maybe he did that, and that's a different thing. We all have skeletons in our closets and things maybe when we were in the world, but if he's doing that now, no, no, don't, don't receive that. You're not a child. You're not a teenager. No one should be getting hit, period, okay? It's ridiculous, including a guy. If you're a man and you're, and you're, you're hitting somebody, then stop it. If you're a man and your wife is hitting you, then you could also separate yourself that's unacceptable behavior. You're not a punching bag. It's crazy that I even have to say these things, but I'm telling you, you'd be shocked how many people are living in this situation right now that watch this broadcast more than you'd realize. Um, and a lot of it is because there's no pastors out there that even talk about these things. Very sad situation. And a lot of people can't get to a pastor. The pastors have like a million gatekeepers and no one can get to the pastor. And that's why we have the problems that we do in our society. That's why I'm inundated. I have thousands of people reaching out because I am an accessible pastor. 
because I just can't even imagine not being an accessible pastor. It's ridiculous to me. I mean, why are you a pastor, right? Okay, that's my little rant. Um, finally, a Christian man, boyfriend, anybody is one uh, whom a woman is evenly matched, like I talked about, uh, yokage. And again, marriage is between a man and a woman, bottom line. I know today there's all kinds of gray area in that, not in this broadcast. Marriage between a man and a woman, that's it. Okay, first, in the spiritual area, a couple's relationship with God should be the primary factor in any relationship, and they should be matched in that regard. Believers are commanded to marry other believers. You don't believe me? It's 2 Corinthians 6.14. So there's no reason to be dating an unbeliever. I don't believe in missionary dating. I know the person may be nice and kind, but you're a remnant person. You're watching this broadcast. You're a remnant person. That means you are part of the body. You're part of the ecclesia. Why would you date somebody that's not part of the body? You're going to be unequally yoked right off the bat. And I know, I know it's so hard, Pastor Todd, because I've been waiting and he's nice to me. No, listen, he's got to get his life right before he dates you. You are precious, okay? Don't, don't buy that nonsense. The devil wants you to settle. Um, believers are commanded to marry other believers, so there's no reason to be dating an unbeliever. But a couple should also be evenly matched in the more practical aspects, having compatibility in their temperaments, single energy levels, and shared life goals and interests. This is just wisdom, you know? Uh, these things add tremendously to the happiness in a relationship. And in addition to all this, if a man has a good sense of humor and a steady, cheerful disposition, this is wonderfully encouraging for his wife. No one can be up all the time. Marriage is for richer, for poorer, uh, for sickness and health. Michelle, you know, we both have seen the worst of each other and we still love each other. Hallelujah. Uh, but a man is characterized by the peace and the joy of the spirit. And that kind of man or woman is a real catch. Somebody that's got the joy of the Lord, the peace that passes understanding. Life is hard and marriage is hard too. There will be times of sadness. There will be times of conflict. Because of this, a cheerful, encouraging spouse is a real blessing. And if you're taking notes, it's Proverbs 16, 24, uh, 17, 22, and 15, 30. Those are all Proverbs. I'll say them again. Proverbs 16, 24, Proverbs 17, 22, and Proverbs 15, 30. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. There's been a lot of truth spoken today. Now, here's what we're going to do. Got a few minutes left. I want to pray for you. You say, I'm married. I don't really know how this uh, applies to me. It applies to you because we need to be exuding these, these characteristics. Uh, we still have an opportunity. If you're still married, you have an opportunity to save your marriage, okay? Uh, but you got to exude the love of Christ, the patience. It's not about women submit to me. It's about showing her the love of Christ as Christ loved the church. Woman of God, you got to respect your husband. You know, if he's not a man of God, pray for him. Uh, do everything you can to, to exude the love of Christ to that person and pray and intercede for them if you're in a difficult situation. If you're being abused, get out of the situation. Okay, you don't need to get a divorce right away, but make sure you separate yourself. Somehow, some way, do not allow yourself to be hit. And if you're under constant uh, you know, mental abuse, uh, emotional abuse, that is not the way you should live either. And you are entitled to separate yourself and have a season where you say, look, if you don't shape up, I am going to separate from this situation because I am not a punching bag. You are not a punching bag as a Christian. We fight very hard for marriage. We as believers believe in marriage. The divorce rates in the church are almost equal to the world. That's very sad. That's very depressing. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, it, it's a figure that just I can't even imagine, uh, but yet it's the truth. And why? Because a lot of us 
got into missionary dating situations. A lot of us didn't know these principles. We, we, you know, whatever reason, I'm not saying me, but I'm just saying a lot of believers, uh, you know, gave in, uh, overlooked an area, alcohol, pornography, drugs, some area of life. You, you were lonely, you settled, and now you're dealing with the spiritual ramifications of that. Look, it's not over, but now you got to intercede. Now you got to pray and fast and pray that the Lord gets a hold of your spouse's heart. Okay. And you're not done and you're not finished. There is a scripture actually says the one believer in the home can sanctify the home. In other words, you know, your prayers can sanctify that home. Even if there's sin in the home, you being the one that says, I spiritually take authority over this home in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, start anointing the home with oil, start playing worship music in the home, pray and, and, and you know, seek the Lord and ask him to deliver your spouse. And I'm so sorry that you're going through that because I know it's painful. My parents were like that my whole life. And it was so hard for my mom, who's a woman of God, to have to deal with that type of situation. My dad got a little bit better as he got in his older years. And, you know, every year he got a little bit better. Uh, now he's kind of in the beginning stages of, of having some me mental uh, cognitive uh, you know, decline. Uh, but, you know, it was very hard for my mom, who's a preacher and a woman of God, a Proverbs 31 woman, to have to walk through that but she stayed in the marriage and i think a lot of the reason why she did is because she was told by the church to do so and you know he was a very difficult man and honestly looking back i probably would advise her to get out but she is a strong woman and she stood and some of you know what i'm talking about because you're in the same type of situation and look as, as a pastor i'm not going to tell you to get a divorce because again we're against divorce but there are some times in the bible where it says it's okay to get a divorce and also you can separate yourself from being physically abused and even being emotionally abused. You don't need to be a doormat Christian, okay? Whoever told you that wasn't the truth. The Bible does not say we're meant to be a doormat, okay? We, we can still uh, be strong as believers in Christ. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of you need to get strong. So I'm gonna pray for you right now. Lord, I just thank you. It's a very tough subject, but I believe that it sets a lot of people up for success. And we're not gonna you know, change the word, Lord. We stand by every single thing that the word of God says. In fact, Lord, I'm gonna do a teaching on divorce soon so people know exactly when it's okay to get a divorce and when it's not. Maybe I'll put that post up even out there today because I believe that people need to know this. Uh, they need to know when it's okay, but at the same time, we fight for our marriage. We fight every single way that we can in the spirit and fasting and prayer on our faces. We ask intercessors and others to intervene uh, we do everything we can to save a marriage. and But at the same time, Lord, I know there's people on here that are being abused right now. They're in abusive, toxic relationships, and they can find a place of rest. They don't need to submit their members to that. So we just thank you, Lord, for wisdom, discernment. We stand by the entirety of your word. We will never not stand by your entire word. Every single part of the Bible is true. And I will never, ever, Lord God, ever preach against what the word of God says. You've given us the instructions. We as believers, uh, you know, have a, have a mission. And so I just pray for this person that's watching right now, that's discouraged in their situation. I, I feel really heavy right now. Uplift their spirit this morning. Give them the strength. Give them the passion. Give them the fire. Let them know they're not alone, Lord. You are with them, Lord. You are with them. Right now, I just feel it in Jesus' name. Somebody who's going through a very tough marriage, God is giving you a peace. He's giving you a rest. He's giving you a an instruction now you're going to have a strategy on how to move forward i'm speaking to a lot of people right now there's i didn't realize how many until the spirits are showing me there's many of you right now in jesus name give them peace give them peace give them divine strategy give them wisdom lord god let them be uh free 
in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We pray for their spouse that's mean-spirited, that's hard-hearted, that's macho, and we break that assignment in that household in the name of Jesus. It's hurting the kids. It's affecting the family. In Jesus' name, we break it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, there's a man watching right now, and you've been abusive. Stop it. Stop it. You know better. You know better. Listen, I'm talking to you. You know better. Stop. Stop it. Treat your spouse with respect and with God's love, man of God. Come on. Come on. You love the Lord, but you've been out of line. I'm speaking to you. You say, is he speaking to me? I'm speaking to you. There's a woman on here. Mean-spirited. You're mean-spirited. You got an attitude. You got an attitude. You know you got an attitude. You know you're a tough cookie. People have called you. Sometimes you laugh about it. God's not laughing at that woman. Listen, I love you too much to, to, to lie to you. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to any of you. But you know you're treating your spouse very difficultly. He's a good man. And you need to show him the love of Christ. You need to repent today. Wow, I didn't realize this until I started getting in the spirit right now praying. There's a lot of people that this affects on here. This is a lot of people right now. The church needs to address this. We're addressing it now. In Jesus' name, we pray for your home. We pray for your marriage. Peace, joy, love, the fruit of the Spirit in Jesus' name. No more will you be disrespectful. No more will you treat you. That's your spouse. Treat them with love. Gosh, this person married you. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. It ends today. The world is going crazy, but your home doesn't need to be going crazy. You're, there can be a peace and a rest in your home. Stop it. Stop being selfish. Stop being selfish. Stop being prideful. You know that that's you. I'm not talking to everybody, but the people I'm talking to, you know. And I love you. And God loves you. But stop with the nonsense. Stop looking at the pornography. You're breaking up your marriage and doing that. Stop it. Stop drinking the alcohol every day. Stop drinking the alcohol, period. You know better. You're hurting yourself. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, it breaks today. It breaks today. Hallelujah. Pray with me, intercessors. It breaks today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Wow. All right. We had church today. Uh, listen, before we go, and I'm way over time here right now, I want to make sure every service we, we say this. If you want to give your heart to Jesus, different kind of message today, but you felt something. On, on my best day of preaching, I can't make you feel anything. What you feel is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord's calling you to serve Him. Okay, something happened in your life. Maybe a sudden divorce, a loss of a job. Something happened. Something suddenly happened. And you're in a bad situation. God is calling you by name. He says he stands at the door of your heart knocking and all you got to do is let him in. Don't let another day go by without giving your heart to Jesus. Today is the day. Today is the day. Jesus, pray this prayer after me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today I make you my Savior. I make you my Lord. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and be my Savior. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are saved, that you are Jesus. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. If you said that prayer today, you are saved. Sorry, I misspoke there. Let's say it again just to make sure. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and be my Savior. If you said that, you are saved. Okay, if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you are saved. And so now this is the beginning of a new life 
He has set you free from the bond of sin and death. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but you are only in the beginning stages of your walk. If you just accepted Jesus for the first time today, we want to give you some resources. We want to send you a Bible. We want to pray with you. Feel free to reach out to me. You can go to pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org. Contact us. Let us know you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. And if you were convicted today, write me a letter. Let me know. Pastor, I, that message meant something to me. I'd love to hear from you. It encourages me because I got a lot of nasty letters. So when I get the good ones, it really helps me. Uh, thank you to everybody on here that's donated to the Remnant Revival Center. We are a couple thousand dollars short of meeting our goal. Um, right now we had to buy more chairs because the room just keeps fitting more and more chairs. It's amazing. Uh, if you're able to help us with this, uh, I, I'm asking you to just give a little bit more than normal because we are in need right now. And I don't normally ask this, but we really do need your help. So uh, you can go to our website, toddcoconato.com. That's Todd, C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com. And just slash give, forward slash give. Or if you're just on the website, there's a little give button on the right-hand side. Click that. And I really appreciate it. And thank you to those that have stood with us. I mean, we couldn't do any of this without you. And uh, we got a lot of expenses, but, you know, we're as frugal as we can possibly be. Uh, this is going straight to the ministry, straight to the work of God. So I thank you so much. All right. We love you. Bless you. We'll see you again soon. A new place, a new home for a while. Let me feel alive. Nothing to hold me back. Take my time. Just enjoy the ride. No man passing by Life is good Best I've ever felt Get me up So ending Somewhere I can find myself Oh, I feel, I feel, I feel I feel so alive As I reach out, reach out, reach out, reach out to I was in the dark against it all, but made it through the day, cause I found my way.